On today's show, our guest is Debbie Franz of A Bit of Taste on Queen Anne. Plus, we've been eating out more, and we'll share that as well as meals and wine at home. Plenty of beverage and food news coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, I'm Leslie Mackey from Macrina Bakery here in Seattle, and I want to welcome you to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the July 2021 Seattle Dining Show number 2107. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Hello. Oh, my. Uh, I don't know. There's something going on. I I think uh, Taylor's still learning how to use the equipment. Or are you in a cave? This is a Zoom call, right? (laughs) It's a Zoom call from my cave. (laughs) The Cave of Fine Food. The Cave of Fine Dining. Cave F. <laughs> oh, you can't probably take that. Well, Cave B is taken. Right. But, cave so. B is taken, but not Cave yeah. FD yeah. for Fine Dining. Yeah. Well, so what's happening? Well, you know what? What I wanted to talk about this month hits home for me because I know everyone would be surprised by this, but I really live for food. And I love dining out, and I like, whether I'm out or in, I like long meals and, you know, talking over meals. And the scuttlebutt that I keep hearing from the, you know, horridness of the pandemic is that people don't want to spend hours over a long, fine dining dinner. They're gone forever. Nobody wants to spend that much time over a meal, whatever. Really? And I'm saying... Someone says that's the psychology, that's the psychographic. I've, I've the... heard that. Yeah, I've read that. Wow. And and I beg to differ because uh, I think it could take a different form. Like maybe hours over an incredibly expensive fine dining meal isn't. But I think meals, you know, long meals are wonderful. And last night I met a friend who was up from California. We don't get to see each other that often. And we uh, we met at 4.30 and we wrapped that dinner up at 8.30. It was a four-hour wow. meal. Well, it must have wanted you out of there. No, you know what? Their their website actually said we are, we are saying two hours maximum for everyone. Uh-huh. So when we sat down, you know, the guy, the waiter came up and welcomed us. He was very friendly. And I said, so we've got till 6.30, right? And we need to go. And he just looked at me and smiled and said, I have never kicked anyone out. Huh. And, I, and I, we Were laughed. Were all the tables full at 6.30? Uh, you know what? I never looked. We were having so much fun. Nobody ever asked us to leave. I know when I arrived at 4.30, there was plenty of outdoor seats. And yet when I reserved online, it said there was nothing available outdoors. So I think that they keep things open, hmm. you know, just to to work it a little bit. 
Because my my deal is when I go out, if it's uh, you know if it's one or two hours into the meal, I look around the room, and if if the tables are full and there's people waiting, oh yeah, if there's a lineup, I, I get to check and I leave. Yeah, there was never a lineup, but they were. The website also said, you know, reserve here, and then there was a little note that said, if you can't get the time you want, call us. Huh. So I think they, you know, are trying to help out like long-time customers and things like that but yeah but they they made no they were really great with us all night they joked with us um hmm. you know it was and, and so what I, did you do you tip a hundred dollars per hour that you were there <laughs> actually <laughs> it, it was almost that way and i was like oh my god that's a lot <laughs> so we scaled it back a little so, but it was it was great to have a long, leisurely, fun meal like that. I can't see that going away. Maybe not for you. Yeah. Maybe well, do you for think, other people, they don't want to spend that much time out in public. Still, I don't know. You know, everybody's different. But yeah, I can't believe that that would go away forever. I don't feel that way. But I mean, that was kind of the sense of what I was reading and hearing. I think a year from now, we're all going to have a faded memory of. The pandemic. Yeah. We we forget things quickly, don't we? Mm-hmm. We're humans. Yeah. Now, In fact, the older the, I get, the, the quicker I forget things. <laughs> What's that about? What is that about? <laughs> <laughs> well, are you a, a long, long-time dining person? Do you like to sit at restaurants and really kick back? Or are you just like, let's eat, let's go? No, I just, whatever time it takes. Sometimes I look at my clock and I go, oh, my God, we've been here two hours. Yeah. Other times it's like, you know, 50 minutes in. I'm like, okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> you know, it depends. If I'm at the Pancake House, uh, nah, four hours, that's a long that's time. That's a long time. Yeah. But I haven't heard of a fine dining pancake meal either. Well, we'll make one up and do it here at home, and we can make it yeah. as long as we want. Yeah, there you go. We well, can make it an all-day brunch. Yeah, yeah. Started at like 10 in the morning and ended at 4 p.m. Okay. That'll be six hours. That'll be six hours. I'm see, up for see, that. See, I can still count. <laughs> Even from the cave. <laughs> I think we'll have to have some mimosas if we're going to do that. A few. Yeah. Well, as always, we love to talk about where we've been eating out, so what's up with you? So, uh, you and I went to the Beach Cafe. Yeah. And I think we were there about two, two and a half hours. Yeah, that was a nice long meal. Yeah. We had a beautiful seat that looked out on the water, uh, even though we didn't want to be outdoors. We had a nice indoor seat that looked out on the water. That was a bit of a muggy day. We were like, it looks nice, but it's kind of weird out yeah, there. It was muggy and it was hot. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, we had uh, some calamari. Which was very good. Some bacon burrata flatbread. I like that. It was like eating a garden. Some big jumbo prawns. They were jumbo. Yeah. I bet those prawns were probably three to one. I'll tell you how big it was. There was only one. It was an appetizer plate, and, and it was with other things, but it was, it was big. Yeah. Was it grass-fed or farm-raised? I don't know. It was grass-drunk. <laughs> we had a smoky short rib explosion cheddar cheese sauce. Remember you injected that cheddar cheese into the balls? Uh, we yeah. didn't we didn't realize that at the time. We we just injected it onto our plate. Oh, that's right. They came to the table with a big syringe. Yeah. Yeah. Very clever. We didn't know what to do with it. 
We weren't we weren't instructed properly. Yeah, and we were, you know, looking at that view or something. But you know, if you put it right into the into the short rib ball, you don't know how much it'll take to blow that puppy up, yeah. and then the next thing you know, the restaurant's a mess because you <laughs> blew up a short rib ball. And your waiter's laughing like crazy, like that's why I don't tell people it's so funny. Hmm. <laughs> um, we had uh, some habanero tomato jam. We had uh, a cushy New York steak. It's a American Wagyu thing. Yeah. Which which that particular one we weren't too crazy about. Yeah. Uh, we had chocolate salted peanut butter. You know, it was something like it was a. Cho- I know it had some salted caramel something in there. And it was chocolate. I tried to look it up, and it's not on the menu right now. Hmm. Then we went to uh, Duke's on South Lake Union and had a whole bunch of shared items. Well, we had a lovely dinner that night, and I think well, I think we were there three hours. Oh yeah, we were. It was. It, in fact, we got there at six, and it was dark when we left, wasn't it? So it. It was after nine. Yes, it was after. So nine. it was. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was you know that was a whole bunch of. That, that was us and several people in the media and several uh, writers and yeah. uh, all having a good time together. Yeah, none of us had seen each other really in person. True. For a long time, so True. that was. But, uh, yeah, you know, that, that Duke's on Lake Union is nice. And it the view is. is spectacular. Yeah. And, I, you know, Duke's, it, it tends to be expensive, but it is all. They are absolutely committed to sustainability and doing the right thing for the planet. So you're, you know, you're it's pay good for that. quality. And you're going to pay for the, the location. Yeah. So uh, it won't be a cheap check when you walk out the door. Yeah. You're not, you know. But you're going to feel like you had a good meal. Good for you and tasting yeah. good. Yeah, I think, I think Chef does a great job of putting together a healthy menu. Mm-hmm. Most of the things on there I, I, I would make at home and, mm-hmm. and feel like I was getting a good meal. So yeah. uh, I do appreciate those guys for flipping that menu around wow almost like a decade ago now. yeah yeah hmm. and then he went through and made everything gluten-free because duke has family members who are gluten intolerant oh so bill went through all all of the chowders are gluten-free there's like no white flour stuff in there oh nice yeah and and they you know they still have they did a cookbook several years ago and it's still out there so you can go get these recipes yeah and and you know when you go gluten free uh uh, if you're not putting sugar in and stuff like that you're probably on the way to making it uh keto also could be yeah Hmm. well anyway so where you been well i went uh with a friend for a walk around lake washington and we stopped for something to eat at meet the moon in leshy you know, when you tell me you went for a rock around Lake Washington, everybody's yeah. thinking you walked the entire 55 miles around Lake Washington. I am really in good shape. <laughs> but that's why I had to stop to eat. All right, we didn't make it all the way around. <laughs> we made it a, several miles, probably three miles. Um, and it was kind of fun. You know, it was one of those Sundays where they close the path down, mm-hmm. a certain amount of the path, so that there's nothing but peds on it. Maybe there's bicycles. I think there's bicycles. There's bicycles. There's no cars. Yep. Um, but anyway, Meet the Moon, you know, is owned by the people who do Purple and and the uh, place I always forget the name of out in Woodenville. Um, but I had their fish and chips, and they do a vodka batter. And that was very good. It was light, hmm. really nice. 
Ellen had some tortilla soup, which looked really good. She was quite happy about that. And they've put a tent out over the sidewalk. So it's not big inside. It's, it's you know, a lot of times it's a takeout coffee, breakfast stuff, you know, lunch. I don't think they do dinner at all. I saw a tent out over the sidewalk down in Greenwood, but it was just like a homeless guy's tent. Yeah, and I bet you can't get healthy food there. I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then, I have to say, I went to the Honey Hole, and I had been wanting to go to the Honey Hole Sandwich Shop up on Capitol Hill. I think it's opened in 99 or something, and I have never managed to get there. So new owners purchased it, and they have opened a second one which is also on Capitol Hill in a different area. And I tried the Wave Rider Sandwich. And it's in-house roasted all-natural turkey breast, homemade pesto, smoked gouda, or howda, red onion, mama lil sweet peppers, mayo on a demi-baguette. And I got to tell you, it was a serious meal. I ate half of it, and I don't think they do have sandwiches. I ate half of it, and I could not even dream of eating the rest. It was really big. Mm. It was quite good. So I, I wouldn't mind going back there and having another go at a different sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Then I met somebody for a business lunch, and we went out to Woodenville, and we went to the Lifted Taco. I had not heard about this. Somebody else told us about it. Um, part of the cool thing is it's in an area called Wooden Creek Village. I was telling you about this the other day. It's, it's like a whole village it's like a university village sprung up in Woodenville. It's just a block off the main drag. So it's over by Ravenna Gardens. That's the best Ravenna. way you can describe the location of it. Ravenna Gardens in Woodenville? Yeah. You were telling me this the other Are you day. talking about Mulbacks or Oh, maybe I'm thinking Mulbacks. Okay. Yeah. Um uh yeah, it's it's a it's not quite as far as Mulbacks and it's just a, a But it's block. near that area. Yeah, that area. And it is really a nice place. I, I just walked around after lunch and wrote down all the wine-tasting rooms and restaurants that are going in. Tons. It's, tons. I just drove through there today. Oh, did you? Yeah, every time I looked, there's like another you know, yeah. winery I know of, and they yeah. have a tasting room now in Woodenville. And they're not, a lot of them aren't open yet, so it's really a new area. And there's apartments going up. I don't know if they're all apartments or condos, but it looked really fun, you know? I was thinking as I was driving through, boy, this doesn't look the way it looked 20 years ago oh. when I used to go through here. No. Like you drive through and you get past, you know, one or two blocks down to the south on the, on the highway there. And it would just be all trees and yeah. meadow and dairy land. Yeah. And now it's just continually popping up with all kinds of stuff. I walked around after lunch and there was a, an apartment building toward the back and they haven't ripped out all the trees and stuff so those people's porches just look out on all that green Mm. which was really nice I I hope that stays that way for them but anyway back to food lifted taco was actually really good I had a a glazed shrimp taco what does lifted taco mean? I think it's elevated tacos so it's not like a kilt or something no okay no Um, but they're six inch taco shells and then whatever's in there. And, and the stuff, I, I mean, they put like a, um, some kind of a, uh, what am I trying to say? Coleslaw. Mm-hmm. In there, black sesame seeds. Uh, it, it was interesting things. Hmm. And, and very good. And they're like five bucks, five or five fifty. And we got some queso, the small queso, which was $4. And it, 
um, we didn't finish it. It was it was plenty for two mm-hmm. of us to get a little snack, and we each had one taco. It was really good. Mm. So I'm kind of think they have a the the regular board, the menu board is up on the wall, and then they have a small board right at the order counter, and they say specials. One of them was a fried deep fried chicken thigh something. And then they had guacamole as a special. I love guacamole. I do too, but I'm a little concerned for you because if it's not always on the special board, it's not on the regular board. Yeah. So you might not always get it. But can I bring my own? I bet not. Hmm. <clears throat> so the last place that I've gone recently was the Grand Bistro American in Kirkland. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, at Carillon Point, really impressed me. Then I went recently to Le Grand Bistro American and Carillon Point out in Kirkland. Mm-hmm. And I've not been there in years. And I have to tell you, I was really impressed with the food. They, had a, they have an octopus starter that is so tender. I've had some good octopus, but that was just amazing. I noticed there was a lot of uh, track, uh, track and field on TV, but I didn't see any octopus starters anywhere. <laughs> I hate it when they shoot those things up in the air. It's horrible. <laughs> no, uh, it was really good. The The view is, you know, uh, the same as always. So great. Service was great. Um, and and the, the waiter we had just made the point, which you have to love them for if you're me, really every dish has some form of bacon in it. Oh, really? Yeah. We, you the, mean at, at, at this restaurant? Yeah. yeah. There was um, chorizo in the octopus dish. Uh, there was crispy pork belly. There, you know, it's just everything ah. had something. In it. it was it was great. People love bacon. Yep. Where would we be without bacon? Oh, and a I world think of the hurt. whole civilization would be gone a long time ago. Without I think it bacon. would just collapse. Take care of your pigs, people. <laughs> All right, let's talk home meals. Well, let's uh, take a little break. Oh, okay. We'll come back. We'll talk some home meals. We'll talk some wines. We'll talk the calendar. Right after this. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm from Bellevue. One of my favorite restaurants is Cactus in Bellevue. I had an amazing dish, prawns with a spicy sauce on top that just made your mouth water. Mm. This is Jeremy McLaughlin, chef with Salty Seafood Grills, and you are listening to The Seattle Dining Show. Back on the Seattle Dining Show, I'm Tom Marin, the publisher since 1999. Wow. And I'm here with Connie Adams, the front of the house, the senior editor since like 2002. Yeah, but she she was born in 1999, wasn't she? She's probably just 21. Yeah, just a baby. Just a baby. <laughs> I pick them young. 
So, uh, anyways, we were we were talking about restaurants we ate at. Now we're going to move on and talk about some of the stuff we've been cooking at home. And you made a delicious shrimp. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was actually really good and and quite simple. It was oregano barbecued shrimp, and the shrimp itself I brined in a little um, white wine and um, oil. Probably next time I'd add a little lemon to that too. Oh, that'd be uh, good. But but it was very good, and there was then in the and that was it, salt and pepper. And that was it. And then we put them on skewers and barbecued them. So that was really easy. And then the oregano part was quite a bit of oregano leaf, dried oregano leaf, uh, lemon zest and lemon juice, capers, and salt and pepper, I think. I you think put that, that on after. That You chop it up and move it all together. And once the shrimp is cooked, then you just drizzle that pesto kind of thing yeah. over the top. Yeah. It was quite good. Hmm. Could make a pesto with that. Just put some pine nuts in there, maybe. Yeah, you're on your way. Yeah, it was good. Oh, and and there's um, was that the one? No, that no. Sorry, that's my next one. I was thinking. So we got you. some. Uh, we got some really good. You got some really good ground lamb. We believe it was from the Umqua Valley. Yeah, I never did go look that up down again. at PCC, and you made some lamb burgers. Yeah, so tell us about the that. grass-fed lamb, ground lamb. Um, you know, I just felt like. A lamb burger, and I went out and I found a recipe that I altered a little bit, but basically, again, really easy. The lamb was just salt and pepper it and form it into a, a burger. Mm-hmm. And then the they had like a, it was Greek yogurt, feta cheese, more lemon, mint, fresh mint from the deck. Mm-hmm. Chopped up, and I used more lemon juice and more mint than it called for mm-hmm. because I like those flavors and I wanted it to really pop. Yeah, and then uh, served it with some mixed greens and red onion slices. That Dave, was good. Dave's killer buns—they were really good. Well, let's have that again in a while. Yeah, we will. I enjoyed that. Really good. And we were talking about, you know, there's there's uh, domestic lamb, and then there's lamb from outside of the country, and. Lamb from outside of the country can tend to be a little bit gamey sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could also, like, split your ground lamb with some turkey or some ground beef or, yeah. and kind of lighten it up that way. And uh, and if you're using grass-fed, it's, it's all good stuff and good for you. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it's interesting, too, in terms of where you can get things. Like, PCC does have grass-fed beef as well, but I have not liked their grass-fed beef. I think it's very gamey. Yeah. But I can't find grass-fed lamb any better place than PCC. So maybe if you're shopping at PCC, you get the grass-fed beef and you get some some uh, ground turkey and you blend oh, yeah. them. And see if and that then That wouldn't be bad for you and you probably cut the gaminess down. Yeah. There's other tricks to cutting down the gaminess too. But it depends, you know. <laughs> like ground beef, you can't really like marinate it for a while. Mm-hmm. If it's a cut of steak or something, you can brine that, and right. you know. Uh, well, we're going to talk about about a little bit of magic I've got in a second here. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, moving on. Yeah. Um, I did some pulled pork sandwiches. Uh, I'm really trying to make stuff here that I can, um, you know, do food prep with. And have lots of leftovers. So I took a pork shoulder, just a two and a half pounder, and uh, 
I roasted it in the oven with some wood chips. Mm. Mm. And it uh, came out quite nice. Now, where do you put the wood chips in the oven? I put them Around in the it? little metal container, and I put them on the lower rack of the oven. Oh, and then okay. I have the, mi- the, the upper rack in the middle of the oven. So the wood chips are going. Yeah. You want to make sure you turn your fan on you know, above yeah. the oven because you're going to stink your house up and maybe set your smoke alarm off otherwise. <laughs> but but uh, it was delightful. And, and then I did uh, do food prep with that. And I've had multiple meals since where I just take – I was uh, reserving it in uh, uh, half-cup servings mm-hmm. and just taking a half-cup of that pulled pork and uh, putting it in cupcake molds. Oh, yeah. And then freezing those and taking those half-cup uh, portions and putting them on top of all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You could put it into a, a chili. You could put it into a soup. You could put it on top of a – like an Amy's organic entree, because yeah. there's no there's no beef in in Amy's. There's yeah. no protein, so uh, uh, yeah, all kinds of options. It, it's really worked out great. Yeah, it was good too. It was really good. And then uh, I did the the scallops and the kale pesto. I think we talked about this on the show when we did it the first time. But it's a uh, – I take the scallops. Now, this is where the magic's at. Okay. Uh, the scallops get brined in a solution of water, salt, and whiskey. Mm. So if there is any fishiness in those scallops, it's not there by the time you yeah. cook them up. I thought they were a little fishy, to be honest Did with you? you? Mm-hmm. I, I got some fishiness. That. I could take the whiskey, though. Yeah. yeah. That didn't bother me at all. So uh, we did that, and, and it was a succotash – of uh, peppers and uh, what else was in that it was, succotash? I thought yellow and red tomatoes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't yellow think there were tomatoes. peppers. Were there, there was corn in there. Corn. Oh yeah, I had some Anaheim oh, okay. peppers oh, okay. in there. I just don't yeah. tell you when I do it because otherwise you won't eat it. It's not true. But uh, yeah, that's but really it was good. it was beautiful. You know how people say eat color, eat color. That was that gorgeous. Rainbow. Red and yellow and the mm-hmm. green of the pesto and the yellow of the corn as well as the tomato. It was just gorgeous. Yeah. And then uh, right now I've got a load of chili mm. that's in my multi-cooker. And boy, the house sure smells good. It does. So I hope that we, uh, if it's a success, we'll, we'll run the recipe. Yeah. Um, it's quite good. I, I don't typically like to make a recipe with 22 ingredients in it. Yeah. But when you're talking about herbs and spices and chili, you kind of got to do that. Uh, this is my own concoction, and it's b- taking basically a Texas chili recipe and a Mexican chili recipe and combining the mm. two. So instead of using any sugar, I'm actually using chocolate. Mm. Mm, a little you know, mole. Like a, like a, like a, I think it's like an 85% cacao. Yum. Um, and it's, it's got all kinds of good veggies in it. And, and, uh, and then I did a preparation with the meat. In fact, I, I pretty much ran all the veggies and all the protein through a food processor. Oh. Not all at once, but. Yeah. So it's a, it's a smooth chili. It's not a chunky chili mm-hmm. like a typical Texas style. But, um, it's it's I'm I'm looking forward to the yeah. flavors. Are there beans? There are beans. There are pinto beans and there are black beans. Mm. I didn't want to go the third route and put the the, the kidney beans in on top of that, yeah. but you could, you, you know. Could. 
So, uh, and part of this is uh, more of an exercise of breaking down the, the fundamental parts of a chili. Yeah. You got some spices in your protein first, and then you've got your uh, all your veggies, and then you got your beans, and you've got your spices, and take it from there. And then mm. I even ripped a little roux. Yeah. So I took a, a cup of that mixture and ran it through the food processor, pureed it, and then put it back in. Yeah, and that kind of thickens it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, you've done chili before. I think that we might have run, but this is very different. Yeah. Uh, yeah before, when I the last time I did chili, I had little um, cubes of steak. Mm. I don't really like that. Mm-mm. So. And, I, and we've made some good turkey chili, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right, shall we talk wines? Let's talk about wine. Okay. Uh, we had an R. R, like the letter R, collection by Raymond. Lot number one, 2019. It's a California Cab Sav. I thought it was really mellow. It wasn't a heavy cab. I liked it quite a bit. I never remember what I thought yeah. of these things. Sometimes you write them down. I do. I didn't on that one. I must not have remembered. Just recently, we had a Torre de Luna, in the moonlight, Sauvignon Blanc Italian, white wine, 2018. As so many are, it was too grassy for me. And for me, it was drinkable. It was quaffable. <laughs> then we had a California Square, which is, actually comes in a square bottle. It's a Chardonnay from Healdsburg, 2018. Both of us thought it had a hint of corkedness. And um, it was a screw top on there, right? It might have been. I can't remember. I think it might have been. Hmm. Um, it was... 2018, so it's three years old. Um, it could have been just a bad particular wine. If it was a screw top, it wasn't corked. Um, it was light and friendly. I, at the time, I, I was looking at it without my glasses, and I thought it said 2016, and I thought, well, no wonder. And then when I really looked at it, it was 2018. So I don't know if it was age, or maybe maybe I wouldn't like any other one. But... Hmm. Without that little edge to it, I thought it would have been fine. Well, the thing that struck me about that was somebody went out and spent the money to get this uh, square glass bottle made yeah. with their name in in the glass in the glass itself. So yeah. that's quite an investment right there. Yeah. And, and it was uh, price on that was like ten dollars or oh, something, yeah. right? Yeah, I didn't so write that down. I really usually paid do, for but... the bottle. Yeah, we had a. Chateau Saint-Michel Indian Wells Chardonnay 2017 that you can get at Costco for $9.99. And that might just be over the limit age-wise, too, but it was still drinkable. It was oaky and buttery and kind of woody, uh, but not overdone. I thought it was pretty well balanced. Yeah. I, 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 they, they never let me down. I've never had a corked bottle of Chateau Saint-Michel yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Which might just be luck. I think you can't avoid it completely, you know, when you're using cork, but... They've been good. And then the one that I really liked uh, was the K-Vine Chardonnay. 2019, another Kirkland brand from Costco, from our friend. Um, ten eighty nine. When you say from our friend, you mean Charles Smith. Charles. Charles Smith, because yeah. he's a friend of everyone who drinks his wine. <laughs> yeah, and like you say here in the notes, you know, whether he's doing a, a expensive, a medium, or a low-price wine, it's always good. It's good. It's well-balanced. It's... It's, you know, and you were saying, you know, the guy could just retire. He's 
fine, I'm sure, but he doesn't. He just he just keeps coming up with new wine ideas, and they're good. Yeah. It's always drinkable. Yeah. Quaffable. <laughs> Quaffable, even. And then we had a Ryer Estate California Chardonnay from Rye Island, Sacramento River. I did not know there was a Rye Island, and I'm from Sacramento. Um, it was no big deal to me. I thought it was drinkable. It was fine, but... And I thought it was full of malolactic flavors. Yeah. Which you like or dislike? I, I like malolactic. Yeah, That's what I gets you too. the buttery. Yeah. I and do I too. like buttery. You know, for a long time, people were, oh, no, it's too buttery. <laughs> and I think buttery is back. It is back. Um, not all the way. The pendulum has, has done a good thing. It went from totally buttery and woody and... And then it went to stainless steel and not buttery at all. Now it's kind of, you can get them both ways. Yeah. In fact, you know, yeah. uh, what is it? Total Wine is selling something called like buttery shard yeah. or something. Yeah. I have some I so, haven't opened yet. So definitely buttery is back. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's jump over to the calendar because we don't really have a lot right now. Yeah. So let's cover what we got. And then uh, everybody knows who listens to this show that all you got to do is jump on seattledining.com and click the calendar link, and you'll see what all the stuff is that we're posting. Yeah. So this is just what we know right now. But anytime you want, jump on there and see what else is going on. We'll keep adding. Well, Sunset Supper at the Market is going to take a little different form this year because of COVID. Uh, but it's coming, and it's going to be fun. And the tickets go on sale at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Thursday, July 8th. So we're just giving you a heads up. This, you know, Sunset Supper always sells out. Mm-hmm. And uh, this will be probably fewer people, I'm guessing. I don't know that for a fact. So but. is it going to be video, or is this going oh, to no, be it's in person? In, person. in okay. person. But I'm thinking spreading people out and stuff. So those tickets will be a lot more limited. They probably won't have as many. Yeah, and it's not going to be the walk around amongst a million people thing. Yeah. It's a different format. So, um, but you can go out on the Market Foundation site and check it out. And on July eighth, get those tickets. Okay. On uh, uh, July 9th, it's the Woodland Park Zoo's forty fifth annual Jungle Party, but they're live streaming it. It starts at 7 p.m., and I normally wouldn't even bring it up because it's not food-related. But the exclusive restaurant partner for the event is Ethan Stoll Restaurants. So since they're live streaming, you can get a meal package from Market, How to Cook a Wolf, ESR Pop-Up at Bramling Cross, and each meal package is sized to share, comes with reheating instructions, and then 25% of each meal for two goes directly to the Woodland Park Zoo Wildlife Conservation. So when I say it's live streaming, are we going to be watching the monkeys jumping from tree to tree on the live stream? No, I've never been to the jungle party, so I, huh. I don't believe so. It's usually in that meadow, I think. So it's not around the animals, necessarily. Oh, okay. So I don't know what what they'll do live streaming. They, they probably will have some video, at least, of animals doing absolutely adorable things. Yeah. I would think. And then a little change on cooking with class this year. Yeah. You know... Cooking with Class is totally, it's a fundraiser and it's totally based, this is our 20th year, totally based on the food and hospitality industry. And even though we're coming out of things, it's hard on everybody right now. It's hard for chefs to be away from the restaurant. Uh, Staffing isn't up to where it should be. Yeah. 
there's just a lot going on in the industry. So we just said, you know what? We're going to move it to February 17th, 2022. And then we'll have a second event in September of 2022 and get us back on schedule. Okay. So that's the plan. And uh, we'll keep information coming. I could work with that. Yeah. Hopefully everyone else can too. I am getting some good feedback. Um, Wayne Johnson from Fair Start emailed me and thanked me for thinking about the industry. Oh, good. And, uh, you know, doing the right thing to give everybody a little more time to recover. Yep. So, we need it. Yeah. Everybody's, like you said, everybody's having trouble getting the staff. So, yeah. And, you know, it's just, you don't practically close down for a year and then just pop up the next week. No, people need to be trained. And- yeah. So. And it's going to be a lot of new people that you haven't seen before, you mm-hmm. know, on the staff there. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's take a little break. We'll come back and we'll do the news bites. Sounds great. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, this is Julie from Wallingford, and one of my favorite restaurants is the Whale Winds. This is Lisa Bear from Bear Winery in the Woodenville Warehouse District, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Back on the Seattle Dining Show, and we're going to cut into the news bites portion here. And uh, lots of lots of things going on, unlike a year ago when nothing was going on. <laughs> exactly. So what's happening? I'll tell you, the first several items are all beverage-related. Lots of beverage stuff going on. First of all, there are two new AVAs, American Viticultural Viticultural areas in Washington, both within the Columbia Valley AVA. White Bluffs is north of the Tri-Cities, has old vineyards in it, and has two plateaus that rise above the Pasco Basin. And then the Burn is west of Horse Heaven Hills and has notable wind impacts, which is interesting because the heat accumulates slowly and there's more pre- precipitation there than in other areas nearby. Well, it's there in the, in the, along the Columbia River. And so uh, I would imagine it's kind of like one of those zones where, like a convergent zone kind of thing. So anyhow. Yeah. Uh, and then, Interesting. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't think I've been up to this, uh, the White Bluffs area. I need to go check yeah. that out. That sounds like a road trip to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second piece of beverage news is Scratch Distillery in Edmonds is open for tastings, either at outside tables of up to six or limited indoor. It's reservation only right now, and you can go to their website and do that, scratchdistillery.com. They do a 50-minute time limit to allow for cleaning between guests, so they're being very careful about stuff. And their genology classes are back where you make gin. Um, they're doing just private groups right now of six to eight, and later in the summer they'll probably open that up to hmm. to you know just calling up or reserving non-private group thing. Yeah. 
And then the next thing is actually, it's food and beverage, but it's Rumba's Inside Passage. They've apparently kind of done a whole new thing they've been working on for a while, and they call it the Inside Passage. It opened June 25th. Hours are 5 p.m. to midnight, Wednesday through Sunday. No reservations. It's small. 1108 Pike Street. So you go in, but it's a lot of tiki kind of drinks, and it looks fun. Hmm. I have not been there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'll always admit that. I haven't been to like 90% of the restaurants in Seattle. I don't even know why I do this. I know it. And, <laughs> and you know, that's why I get so excited when I do get out to a whole bunch of new places. That's why I have so many when I want to talk about it, because I'm all excited. Yeah. Um, Chateau Saint-Michel has a new spot for the bun, the blend in Kirkland. Remember we've done the blend class out in Woodenville? Oh, yeah. Well, they've got a thing starting um, up in Kirkland, 15 Lake Street. And they're really saying more information is coming. It's not um, – they're just – you know, they just are opening. So this is going to be like where you go in and blend up your own red or I white? I believe so. And then, and then they'll probably get you <laughs> – uh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. to get somebody to buy two or three bottles of wine where they might have bought one. Yeah. I'm not sure, honestly, how they price it out. Or if it's the same thing as they have in Woodenville, I'm assuming so because they're calling it the same thing. Hmm. But there's not a lot of info yet. And then uh, Yellowhawk Resort and Sparkling House is the former Basil Cellars. This is Dan Thiessen and all the people behind Walla Walla State Co. Mm-hmm. All that. They bought Basil Cellars. They're turning into Yellowhawk Resort. But the big news here is that they decided, decided to transform their winemaking to sparkling. So they'll do Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, Muscat, Ottenel, as well as more red varietals. So this month, they're releasing four sparkling wines, Yellowhawk Bubbles in white, rosé, and red, a 2019 Yellowhawk Sparkling Semillon as well. And the winemaker is George Ann Robertson, who was the former estate director of Walla Walla Vintners. Oh. And I think you remember, I, we did not meet her, but we went to Walla Walla Vintners, and we liked their wine a lot. Hmm. This is a number well, of years ago. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So as I'm driving through Woodenville today, I notice on the right-hand side, as I'm going on the south side, that there's a Basil Cellars tasting room. Hmm. Uh, it's actually out on the West Valley, kind of across from uh, Yannick. Yeah. So uh, is that going to stay as a Basil Cellars, or is that going to turn into a Yellow Hawk sparkling wine tasting room? If we don't know the answer right now, we can find out yeah, for later. Yeah, we don't know. But um, Basil is gone. And I, I know at one time I talked to Dan Thiessen, and he had said that they liked the winemaker who was making Basil Sellers wines, uh-huh. and they might work with him. So I don't know, you know, maybe they have, or maybe he's said, I'll take the name and I'll go, I'll, you know, who knows? Yeah, let's, let's uh, I don't know. We'll do a little homework and we'll let everybody yeah. know about that. Yeah, that might be an interesting thing. Um. Trace at W Seattle is going to become Trace Market, and that's the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's going to offer, this is their wording, a seamless walkthrough experience for visitors, taking food on the go with made-to-order items and convenient reach-in, as well as seating for up to 30 with bar tables and chairs. Basically, their original idea behind Trace was to support local farmers and producers, mm-hmm. and this is the same Thing. They're the same mission that they've always wanted to do. But they've really come to the conclusion that their guests, the people who use the hotel, are not going in and sitting down for a, a full-on meal. Right. They want more casual food. They have music in the bar 
or they will again, you uh-huh. know, they used to. And people would just like to go in there and have, you know, a lot of people are traveling singly and uh, they would just prefer to eat in the bar and listen to the music and be entertained. Hmm. And they had quite a large area for the restaurant. So I think they're really cutting that back in terms of space-wise for tables and chairs and the rest is going to be a lot more casual. But it's their same well, same mission. Let's go. Well, maybe we'll have to go try that one day. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that is that is just happening. So yeah, I, we'll give them some time to get yeah. ramped up. Mm-hmm. Ramped so. up from ramping down <laughs> and serving local ramps. <laughs> hey, this one is going to make you happy because you are an Amy's Kitchen fan. Uh, you mentioned it just earlier. The frozen. Uh, yeah. Products that you can Taking get. Taking the frozen entrees and adding yeah. some protein on top. It's all organic. And now, Amy's Drive Through is a Northern California based organic, sustainable drive through restaurant. And it's organic and vegetarian food, as you mentioned. They're looking at locations on the east side. They're also going to open in LA, Sacramento, and Portland. And they said there's more coming to the Northwest. Well, that's good. Yeah. I was just thinking about that today. You know, we really need more organic. Uh, to go and and food places. I just I'm, I'm happy to cook a lot at home because I'm trying to uh, cut down how much processed food I eat, mm-hmm. and it's really hard if you go out to eat. You just it's nearly mm-hmm. impossible. And it's great. I mean, the food out is great, but it's not meant to be your healthy meal for the week. But if it's at Amy's, I'll have to take my uh, half cup of uh, pulled (laughs) Pulled pork pork. shoulder, warm it up, and then put it in the car and take it and dump it on top of whatever I get. You know how you got that freezer to put in the back of the element? Yeah. Now you're going to have to get a little oven. Yeah, a little microwave. Yeah. Runs off 12 volts. It's going to be your your, uh, movable kitchen. (laughs) Um, Bon Appetit Management Company is always kind of interesting to me. They're they're very concerned about climate change and sustainable foods. They're they're for a for a large company that deals in food for things like universities and museums, you know, they really try to do things right. Mm-hmm. And now they're doubling down on their climate change policy. They're going to reduce emissions by thirty eight percent per calorie of food by twenty thirty. And they're giving tools to assist their clients, like the universities and museums, in meeting their own emissions reductions. So this is all connected to the growing, transporting, packaging, and refrigerating of food. So they're looking at the whole thing. I think that's great. Hmm. They're big. So that's a good thing. Is that the same people that own the Bon Appetit magazine? No. No. Okay. Mm -mm. Well, I bet some lawyers have had a discussion about that. I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah. They've both been around a long time, so I think that got worked out some time ago. Hmm. You know, probably on the show a few months ago, we talked about going out to Lombardi's for lunch. Yeah. And we really enjoyed it. And now they've done this thing where they own their own event venue. They're calling it Nature's Connections. It's five acres of gardens, manicured lawns, water features, a bridge, covered area. Their in-house cater is them. It's Concept Catering by Lombardi's. They've got a guy named Andrew Jordan as their event manager. It looks lovely, the pictures I've seen of it. Where, where is it located? Um, hey, I didn't write that down. It um, starts we'll with an find A. Out yes, we'll it starts it with an A. Place. It's in there already. Um, oh, 
can't believe I've forgotten. Anyway. Well, we're, we're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, you have to go to News Bites to find it. Yeah. See, this is our, our teaser. Yeah. I don't know. You'll have to go onto our site. Yeah, that's how we get you to go online and look at the magazine there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know what we're doing over here at Marketing Central. It's not an age thing. We know exactly what's happening. So the last thing I wanted to talk about today was kind of a cool thing. Food and Wine has started uh, their first annual Game Changers list that spotlights exciting innovators of the year and focuses on what's good in the culinary industry, which we can all use right now after a horrible year. And one of the 25 is Chef Eric Rivera Yay! of Seattle, who's got Otto in, Otto in uh, Ballard. And they say, once again, here's, here are words, he has found success in refusing to run a traditional restaurant. As far as I know, you're going to have to show a Vax card to get in there, too. Probably. He was, he, was he was early on, too, of like, I'm not going out. I'm not letting anybody in here. Yeah. He, he really, and then, and you know, he's managed to stay alive all this time. He's very creative. Yeah. In any case, uh, the Food and Wine magazine that this is in is July. So go out to the newsstand and you can read all about Eric. All right. All right, we'll take a little break. When we come back, we have our special guest from the Queen Anne Olive Oil, A Bit of Taste. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of fun you can have at home. We'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Petra Mediterranean Bistro. Take a journey to Greece, Lebanon, Jordan, and the North Shore of Africa by way of Belltown as you dine in a welcoming atmosphere and experience the hospitality that Chef Call provides. Need a quick bite? Drop into the attached cafe or shop for authentic flavors in the adjoining store. Visit PetraBistro.com for more information. Hi, my name is Kevin Lance. I live in Mill Creek, and my favorite restaurant is Oshino, and it's because it's the best sushi around. Hey, it's Rachel Bell. I'm the host of the podcast Your Last Meal and a personality and feature reporter on Cairo Radio. And you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show, and we have a special guest in-house right now. Uh, as we've been going through the pandemic, we've all had more time in our kitchens, which means we've had more time to play with our food. And one of the things I love to do is play with all the different types of infused balsamics and olive oils that we get right downstairs from the Queen Anne Test Kitchen <laughs> uh, at the Queen Anne Olive Oil Company slash A Bit of Taste. So we have Debbie Franz in the house with us today. Hi, Tom. And we are going to talk not only about eating, mm-hmm. but we're going to talk about other things that you could do at least I know with olive oils. I don't know if you yes. have some applications for balsamics as well outside of eating. Mostly food in maize you might have not thought, thought of. You might be able to stain a, a, a metal counter really good with <laughs> a balsamic. You can certainly stain your clothing. Voice <laughs> <laughs> of experience. Voice of experience. <laughs> exactly. So you have kind of a hit list that you're going to... 
key off of here. Yeah, for some unusual uses for olive oil, I have a little cheat sheet with some things on here. I was very interested to find a little picture me. I don't know if it'd be called a meme, but anyway, that showed unusual uses for olive oil, some of which I had tried previously, some of which I tried after seeing the list, mm. and some of which I hope to not ever have to try, such <laughs> as the lice treatment. I'm not going to intentionally get lice to see no. if olive oil would help with that, <laughs> but um, there are some other ones that would maybe surprise your guests. There might be some parks around Seattle where you could test that at right now. <laughs> Probably could. <laughs> That's... That's a good way to get to know some homeless folks. Yeah, I did have lice once in... uh, I had it once overseas, but um, that was enough. I hope to not get it again. (laughs) Had you only known at the time. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, do you want me to share a little bit? Sure. Okay, well, uh, you can free a stuck zipper with olive oil, which makes sense when you think of like the old classic remedy of using soap. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay... That makes sense to me. It can, you know, loosen it up. I'm the one I had not. Now, would you would you want to uh, once you free it? Would you want to remove the olive oil so it doesn't get sticky over time? I would think that you'd just maybe want to put a drop on where it's kind of sticking to kind of lubricate it, mm-hmm. because you can use olive oil for lubricants for other things like your, you know, garden tools and things. That, but if you overuse it, like any oil that you would be using, like you can use. WD forty too much yeah. too right yeah so yeah, don't 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 put that on food products yeah no exactly <laughs> you exactly. know what I I just thought of something I bought some food grade silicone mm. so that I could lubricate my my little hand mixer right because it makes this incredibly squealing sound and I do like to put it in the dishwasher so obviously mm. it's all dried out there in the rubber grommet where it comes out. Um, I think olive oil would be a great thing to use instead of having to pay extra to get some. I already have olive oil in the right. house. I don't need to go buy food grade silicone, and probably I've, I've got a lifetime supply of it, having bought one can. Right. There's a there's another possibility. Another right possibility. There. Yeah. And if you're putting it in a dishwasher, then you know you're never going to have a buildup of sticky oil or Mm-mm. anything. So it's going to get cleaned away. You know, our fog machine, our fats, oil, and grease machine, we always comment on that when we clean it out, how easy it is versus other solid fats. Oh. Olive oil is real soft, and it's not smelly, my husband says, like other fats we've had to clean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it should, you know, go through real nicely. Yeah. And that kind of goes along with one of the other ones, which is you can use it as a furniture polish. Oh, good point. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And why not? I mean, we use other oil, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, so why not I, I always oil? used to use linseed oil back when I would... Lubricate my wood. Mm-hmm. Well, nah, no, you did I didn't not say, say that. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but <laughs> well, moving right no, along. I, yeah. I took I took wood shop in high school uh, five years. Oh no, four years. Oh. Uh, and, <laughs> five uh, years. <laughs> and we always used like a linseed oil, but yeah, you could use an olive oil. That would yeah. work. Yeah. I have some uh, oak cabinets that are getting a little bit marred up. I think I'm going to try that one and see myself. I have done some of the other things that are mentioned here, and one of them that's not even, well, it says skin moisturizer, and I have done that. And we have given to our customers for the last year the tea rose oil as a suggestion for that. that. Yeah, and the sample bottle. Honestly, that's a food-grade oil. You can cook and bake with it, but Mm. it really wasn't selling much that way. And so I started saying, well... 
Because I had used olive oil for little skin eczema problems and rashes and mm-hmm. and little hematomas that I've gotten. Oh. And it just heals up so much faster and is so nice and so smooth. And so I started suggesting that to customers. And it so softens your skin. What have you found from using it? Do you like it? It does soften yeah. your skin. I like it. Yeah. Well, it softens your skin. And I, um, I have a couple of dry spots behind my ears. Mm-hmm. And if I put some of the tea rose oil there... Uh, I go three or four days without them, uh, you know, they kind of, yeah, get that. they get funky and mm-hmm. they get scabby and stuff. And so it's it's really a great way. And I know uh, Connie's, um, her chiropractor uh, had said to us one day, uh, I don't put anything on my skin I wouldn't eat. Yeah. And I think that's completely right. And uh, I'm hoping one day I can get Connie to stop using chapstick, too. There but, you go. Uh, <laughs> we have a honey chapstick in the store that's beeswax mm. from our mm. honey provider. Mm. So that's a nice oh. option. Okay. Yeah, and I want to get an olive oil one for the same, same reason. Well, I think you just put the tea rose on right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, that um, I chose the tea rose because it's not got a nice scent. But once we're out of that, I want to just teach customers that you can use any of our olive oils yeah. that yeah, way. Any of it. That's right. And the high biofino one is the one I tended to go with when I was having a little eczema problem. And it was in my ear too, Tom, which was uncomfortable. And overnight, what a difference. Wow. And you know what, what people don't understand, and this is what her chiropractor was saying, is that um, your body absorbs whatever you put on the outside of it. So if you're putting on sunscreen or mm-hmm. you're putting on Jurgen's lotion with petroleum in it, those types of things, your body is absorbing that. And, uh, you know, petroleum gels are not a good thing for your organs inside. No. So why would they be for outside? Yeah. So your skin is your largest largest organ in your body. I remember my anatomy and physiology class <laughs> in college. But you think about it, your alimentary canal, your digestive tract, is actually your largest organ as far as skin surface mm. mm-hmm. because of all of the ways that it bends and all oh, cr- yeah. nooks and crannies. So, yeah, you want to take things internally that are good for you, mm-hmm. that are natural, and externally. And that's why I love our Bath & Beauty products that we carry because the first ingredient is olive oil, no chemical fragrances, no BPAs. I just sim- keep it simple and say all the good stuff and none of the bad stuff. Yeah. So that's another thing. Along that line, eye makeup remover. So you could use oh. olive oil for an eye makeup remover. Oh, that's you, a big Tom. one for me. Yeah, to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God he'll stop using those wipes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, do you just put it on like a cotton ball or something? Yeah, I think you could. I haven't actually done it. that one. But we do have a cleansing oil at the oh, store yeah. that's olive oil based. But, yeah, I would think, you know, put it on a cotton ball yeah. and wipe it away. I like those disc um, yeah, the little flatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, here we already talked about the lip balm, so do-it-yourself lip balm. I mean, we touched yeah. on that. Soften your skin. Lamp fuel. We forget about this, but for millennia, and think about it, back to the times it was mentioned in the Bible as, you know, they needed to fill their lamps with oil. What oil would it have been? Olive, Olive oil. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So... Back then, there wasn't a whole lot of other oils around. Mm -mm. No. We weren't uh, getting petroleum yet. We hadn't tried to kill ourselves yet. And weren't doing really sperm whales until, you know, (laughs) centuries later. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I have done this one a sticker remover, or you could say Mm. adhesive remover. And that came like years and years, I'm going to have to say decades ago. Um, When you're in school and someone puts gum in your hair, they do or you do accidentally. 
the tip was, oh, use peanut butter to get that out because of the oil in it. And so I thought, well, certainly olive oil. And so I've done it to get stickers off of lamps. Yeah. Things that, you know, the little sticker adhesive stays on them. Yeah. Now you have to let it set up for a little while, right? Yes, you do. You put it on and you have to let it penetrate the paper. Yeah. If there's a little adhesive part there. But sometimes you have to keep rubbing it and then rub it off and then rub on more oil and then rub it off. But you can get that sticker adhesive off. Now, see, that's a really good tip because nothing makes me angrier. I know we have the technology to put stickers on that pull right off. Yeah. But half of them don't. So they're using the cheapest bits, you know, of paper to stick on, and it makes me so angry. You can put them through the dishwasher and they won't come off. Exactly. Back in the days when I was in the record industry, we used to have to peel the the price tags off a used album. Oh, yeah. And we just used lighter fluid for that. But Mm. if anybody lit up a cigarette in the room, then they'll buy all those records. Well, you can use Goo Gone, but once again, something chemical-based versus natural-based. So... Yeah. That's an idea for you. Um, we think we touched on the skin moisture, earache, earache relief. Now, really? I have had my friends that are Lebanese or Middle Eastern say, oh, yeah, my grandmother used to put a drop of warm olive oil in my ear if I had an earache. Mm-hmm. Really? So does it have a property to terminate yeast? Because that's what causes mm. some, some earaches. Yeah, some earaches, that's true. I don't know, it's got the antioxidant, anti-inflammatory property. I think it's probably that antioxidant. You know, I'm not the biochemist, so maybe there's other properties in it that are working, but yeah. regardless, it's very healing. I think yeah. that's the bottom line. A certain little four-footed friend of mine had an earache, and I was swabbing him with olive oil until I got the prescription that they mm. gave me. So. Oh, interesting. And it, you know, And it's a nice way to clean their ear out. And not have like a dry swab go in. If right. they have any kind of irritation in there, you've got a little bit of lubrication on that as well. Yeah, I would think that can't hurt. I mean, we named our cat Oliver because he was dumpster diving for my Q-tips that I had olive oil on. <laughs> and, and now he eats olives. And now he eats. He loves olive brine, and he likes to eat olives. And Connie told me that they're in the family of catnip, so I think yeah. it kind of makes sense in some way for them. Yeah. So here's another one that I thought was nice. And this one I have, it says smooth shave. And I thought, hmm. I'd also heard the tip that, you know, because how expensive is shaving cream? And it's yeah. just a bunch of foam and gunk, and then it's gone. I'd already heard that conditioner you can use as shaving cream. Oh. If you ever, you know, without or you don't, you're traveling and you do want to reduce what you're taking. Yeah. You used a bar of soap, too. Yeah. But, but you could get a bar of soap that's made with olive oil, right? Yes, we have that in our store. So I, I have know. used our conditioner. And then one time I just did have olive oil, I took olive oil and dried my legs. I'm like, yeah, not only did I get a good shave, but then my legs were really smooth and silky afterwards. Wow. So, you know, yeah. we're at that summertime where we yeah. want that, right? Especially as we go into this heat wave. Yeah. I don't know how timely that is, I'm supposed to say or not, but <laughs> <laughs> we're early. Yeah. And then um, shoe polish, of all things, but a furniture polish, shoe polish, so it just makes yeah. sense. And bath oil, I mean, not surprising, right? Well, to try it on my motorcycle gloves. You know what? Oh, interesting. Yeah. They need a. They need to get refreshed every now and then. Softened mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. They really get beat up by the elements, you know. I'll be out there oh, riding at 60 miles an hour, and the wind is blowing, and it's 113 degrees in the gorge, and then it rains. Mm-hmm. And so... Your skin is getting chafed. Your gloves are getting chafed. Yeah, I, mean, I know I already use a, an oily product on them, but I wonder if that would be a good replacement. I'll have to try it. Yeah. I have a set that's like 10 or 12 years old. What yeah. the heck? Yeah, why not try Let's it? Let's do the Can't experiment. Yeah. 
Well, and then one that's not on here that I have heard from many of my people, friends who grew up with olive oil in their culture, mm-hmm. is hair conditioner. Like, oh yeah, my grandma used mm-hmm. to put olive oil on my hair and comb it through, and then leave it on as a, oh. a conditioning treatment. And yeah, it makes and wash sense. It out. And then wash it out. When I use the oh. tea rose, mm-hmm. um, if there's anything left on my hands, I just run my hands through my hair. Mm. If there's any hair left, I mean. And then I use my curling iron, and mean. the whole kitchen smells like I'm baking. I don't know, not the bathroom. <laughs> so there's a few unusual uses for yeah. you. I know we can find, you know, more of the obvious ones. Like you know, you said, Tom, what what can you do besides salad dressing? But you get a lot of customers who come in that are like, I want I want a finishing oil, and I want a cooking oil. Mm. And I'm like, well, these are such ultra premium grade. You can use them for both. And mm-hmm. you can roast them at high temperatures. I've used them in my popcorn maker for Pete's sake, which is mm. high temperature heat. Yeah. And they don't have they don't smoke. They never have smoked on us because the quality is so high. Yeah. So yes, if you're saying a finishing oil and because you want something that retains that flavor, you want to get that flavor note at the end as a finishing oil, certainly. But there's nothing that should keep anybody from cooking in any way with these oils. Yeah. And we've made olive oil cake. I still haven't done cookies yet, but I want to do cookies oh, yeah. with them. And I want to use also the Madrona smoked salt from San Juan Salt Company mm. with the chocolate chip cookies because I saw that recipe online and I want to do that one. No, wait a second. You said you want to make cookies with olive oil, but yeah. you haven't done it yet. I haven't. I know. I don't. Oh, ma- I make them like every couple of weeks. Oh, do you? Okay, good. Yeah, I make these uh, these almond flour cookies. Oh, okay. With olive oil and. Uh, uh, I use a little bit of baking soda and some salt, and then I put in some, uh, usually it's a cup of something, uh, like a fruit, Mm -hmm. and then I always add uh, about 200 milligrams of THC, and they are the best pot cookies you ever had. Okay, good to know. And I use the orange-infused olive oil for that, the blood orange. Yeah, I've used the blood orange for the brownies, but I haven't done it with cookies, and I've done the brownies for people, I don't. I've stopped making cookies years ago because of the gluten thing, but now there's so many good flours oh, out. Yeah. He never uses. Well, and yeah. so um, uh, the, 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 I, think, I think what we do haven't just said is that olive oil is an excellent replacement mm-hmm. for vegetable oil. Canola oil, those are evil. Yes. Um, uh, even butter, unless it's mm-hmm. a grass-fed organic butter, butter is horrible for you. So just substitute in a nice olive oil or a butter fla- or butter olive oil. Yeah, butter, yeah, olive yeah. Oil. or yeah, you can always you know go with fifty fifty or whatever. I like to use ghee sometimes if I want the buttery flavor. But you're right, you have the butter infused olive oil, yeah. and we do that when we do the rally at the gorge. Mm-hmm. We do a butter infused olive oil and something that we run down there on the menu. A lot of our customers use it on their popcorn, and I do yeah. too because yeah. that buttery flavor. Yeah. Yep. So, um, like all kinds of uses, and I'm sure we've just barely oh, yeah. touched the surface, and yeah. probably your listeners will come up with even yeah. more and let well, us know. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about balsamics, and we're okay. going to talk about your picnic event that's yes, going on. Yes, thank you. Hi, this is Kathy Casey, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, this is Kasia. I live in Snohomish, and my favorite little restaurant is right on the first street. It's called Gorilla Bites. And um, it's family-owned, and it's all organic food, extremely sweet atmosphere, delicious food, and I highly recommend you stop by and try. 
We are back on the Seattle Dining Show with part two of our interview with Debbie Franz from Queen Anne Olive Oil, A Bit of Taste. And we're going to move away now from olive oils, and we're going to talk about balsamic vinegars and ways you can have fun with them beyond just, say, uh, a cool little salad combination. Yes, because we get this question all the time in the store. I love these. They're tasting them. Mmm, that's good. Mmm, that's what good. What am I going to do with them? But what, what else can I do with them? And kind of give them a quick rundown, which we can do, and we can talk about some of them more. But they're fabulous drizzled on fruit, which we just did here. Yes. I do. Now, wait a second. Uh, the listeners don't know we just did this. Yes, but So we what did. we did. He's eating right now, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Was we, put, uh, we took ramekins. We put two tablespoons of yogurt into the ramekin, each ramekin. And then we took some uh, Rainier cherries, organic Rainier cherries. I chopped them all up, got the seeds out, because that just send you to the dentist if you keep them in. <laughs> and uh, I put them in a Cara Cara infused white balsamic vinegar and let them soak for about a half hour. And I sprinkled them with a quarter teaspoon of cinnamon, put them on over the yogurt, and... Man, what a nice little starter Delicious. for dinner. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yes, and this morning for our fruit at breakfast, we had sliced strawberries with blueberries drizzled with, we alternated between honey ginger and the Alfu's mango because that's just what we grabbed. Mm. Put on a little whipped cream on the top, which you can or cannot do either mm-hmm. way. <laughs> fabulous. Yeah. Just so fabulous. Good. But it, you didn't spray that whipped cream out of a can, did you? Yeah, but it was real whip. I only get real whip from a can. Oh. Yeah. It's just the fun of the can. Yeah. And it keeps it fresh when I use it so infrequently. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because, you know, what kid doesn't love an adult kid at heart? You know, yeah. that can that yeah. does the nozzle You have thing. to spray that in your yeah. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you go to the grocery store, spray it in your mouth, and walk out and say, Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> That's right. No, so, you know, some other things customers don't think of, or we, your listeners might not think of, it's fabulous drizzled on watermelon. Mm. I personally like a lot of the darks balsamics on watermelon, like Ooh. cinnamon pear or blackberry ginger. And you can even do a watermelon salad with a little feta and some pepitos on there. And how many different um, infused balsamics have you got in the store right now? 35 plus. 35. And, and berries. Anyone who has not visited the store, you can go in and basically taste any of the 35. Absolutely. You have some bread and some toothpicks on hand. Not and, bread during COVID, but oh, okay. it's good to taste them straight anyway. Can I bring yeah. my own bread? You could. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get people started, Tom. No, no they're, just, they're just fabulous. On the, on the honeydew and the cantaloupe, I kind of prefer the lighter ones. Mm. But, you know, it's all, that's the beauty of it is do it what you like. To your taste. To your taste. Yeah. What tastes good. It's like a whole other dimension of eating that people don't think about. It is. It's just mixing and matching. All mixing these. and matching. Um, they're fabulous. Just drip. Drip a few drops on a good quality ice cream. I particularly like the Hagen Dyles mm. French vanilla. And often, now we're getting back to it at this point in the pandemic, we're having little cups on hand. 
when people are really into it, then I'll pull those out. Yeah. And say, try this and blow your mind. And my, my personal favorite right now is the combination of the dark chocolate balsamic and the coconut white oh, balsamic nice. over ice cream. Mm-hmm. Nice. And nice. we like it. Uh, we like to use the Alden's vanilla bean oh, nice. ice cream. Because it's organic. Oh, yeah. It's organic. Very good. I'll have to look for that one. Where do you get that one? Well, you don't have to eat um, a lot. Oh, you can get Ballard a Central Market, Market Ballard. Good. Yeah. You don't have to eat a big, you know, heaping three no. scoops of ice cream. It's it's a little delicacy that you put down a scoop of ice cream and pour it over. And, yes, and our Denisimo, like, 25-year age balsamic that goes through five wooden barrels and a cherry barrel that gives it a sweet cherry note and mm. a thicker like a glaze. That's fabulous on ice cream, too. Mm. Or, van- or yogurt. You know, we were talking about yeah. how you did your yogurt and fruit. Yeah. Yeah. I tell that to customers all the time, put it in your yogurt to flavor your yogurt. No added sugar. Get the unflavored, yeah. you know, good quality Greek yogurt and mm-hmm. add some and you've got it. I'm going to go back to ice cream for a half a second sure here. Sure thing. So, you know, uh, I don't remember what the name of that ice cream. It was called Mix. And they they would sit there and you'd tell them what you want in your ice cream oh. and they would mix it. It's Cold on Stone a, Creamery, isn't that's it? That's it. Cold oh, Stone, yes. yeah. Um, so you could do this at home. You can cut up the Rainier cherries I just did, and you can sprinkle in a little cinnamon, and then you just put the ice cream on that and smash it all together on a on a uh, cutting board or whatever, and then scoop it into a ramekin. Oh, yeah. You got a, you got a dessert like you're never going to find. Dessert. You're going to really impress your guests, yeah. yeah. And just flipping back to olive oil for just a moment, how about that salt and straw that does the Arbuquina olive oil oh, ice cream? They? Ooh, so yummy! We were by there yesterday, uh, yesterday, sometime about a month ago, and but we just had dinner, and it was like I just did not want ice cream. I was so full. Yeah, it's very smooth. So you know, make your ice cream with olive oil and balsamic, like Tom's saying. Yeah. Mm. Fabulous. Yeah. There's so many uses. I personally put the balsamics in my oatmeal for flavoring oh. because there are no sugar added. Mm-hmm. So it just. Takes it up a notch. Yeah, and I, you know, dairy doesn't agree with me, so I do my old-fashioned oats with water and then a little pinch of salt and then some of the barberries, and then I add whatever flavor of balsamic I want. So mm-hmm. that's really nice. you to be okay with that yogurt I just gave you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, okay. I'm not that sensitive. I mean, I can tolerate some, and especially when it's so delicious. And it's all know. organic, so sometimes, you know, people are lactose intolerant because they... All they do is eat stuff that's not organic. Yeah. And their body, <laughs> what body would want to eat that? So. Yeah. Mine has been since childhood, but, um, you know, yogurt is, has less lactose. Cheese has less lactose, thank God. Mm, well. Yeah. So how about drizzling your balsamic on a cheese platter since Ooh, we're coming back to that idea? Good idea. Mm-hmm. Do you have any of that balsamic that's like super thick? Looks like it's almost comes out like blood. Not that thick. That'd probably be about forty year aged. We've got twenty five year okay. aged. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But that one is that we looked. I yeah. looked at that today at your shop, and it it is thick. It is thick. And could if you I, want, could I fool my guest and put a little coconut flour in and thicken it up? That no, way? but what you would want to do, Tom, is just simmer it for five to ten minutes, and it thickens. Oh, can get some of the water out of it. Yeah, it just gotcha. thickens naturally. If you do simmer it longer than that, it will become glue. I mean, yeah. it'll become solid. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, But other things you can do, it's really popular right now. Our customers are learning how to make a shrub. It's mm-hmm. not the bushy kind. <laughs> it's not shrubbery. It's <laughs> an old-fashioned Victorian drink where you take, just take soda water, bubbly water of your choice, and add balsamic, your f- favorite flavor, to it. Mm-hmm. 
people say, how much? I'm like, well, it's a taste. So somewhere between a teaspoon to a tablespoon per eight ounces. Yeah. And then adjust accordingly. Yeah. Whatever you like. Yeah. So that's your That's kind of like what I do with my Diet Coke. I make a Diet Coke shrub. Yeah. I put in a a teaspoon of the uh, blackberry. Black cherry? Yeah, blackberry balsamic. Or black cherry. Black cherry. Mm -hmm. That's like having a cherry Coke. Yeah. No sugar. Yeah. And if you wanted the lime, you know, cola, add the key lime, you know? Yeah. I mean, the the world's your oyster with that many choices that we have. You can mix and match. I sometimes add two together. Yeah. That's the other thing. You can be mm -hmm. as simple or as complex as you want. Exactly. Yeah, so fun. So that's kind of on the mocktail side, and then you can make your mocktails, you know, fancier, and a lot of the cocktail bars are, and Paragon, who you interviewed, the chef from Paragon recently, Mm -hmm. they use our balsamics in their cocktails and mocktails. Oh, yeah, and then you can take it up. Like, let's say you want a gin and tonic. Maybe you want to add the key lime balsamic to your gin and tonic, or you want to add, like, I did a lemongrass mint G&T. Mm. It was delicious. Mm. Yeah. So you can take it all the way on up to where you take a quart jar and macerate some fruit, particularly, you know, the lovely berries we have this time of year. Mm-hmm. Add whatever balsamic you want to it, and then that just infuses the flavor all the more, and then put that in with your sparkling water and maybe something to make it, you know, pretty it up. It's really fun when you put in the blueberries in there because the blueberries will go up and down as they release oh, air. Yeah. <laughs> they, oh, fun. It's fun. Um, I love to take a beautiful vintage glass, like from Queen Anne frame has, and put in a little balsamic and then put in Prosecco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. So the peach or the apricot yeah. or whatever your favorite flavor is. Yeah. With yeah. Prosecco, I mean. And then when you do that, do you just let it sit on the bottom or do you stir it up? Yeah, you can do it either way. There's one long fluted glass that I have. It kind of sits there in the bottom, which is cool. Then when you drain it, I mean, it's it's flavored it throughout because mm-hmm. I pour it in first and then oh, pour yeah. in the liquid. And then, but you get that last dreg that's just the balsamic, oh. extra sweet. It's really nice. Yum. Yeah. But some other things we might not have thought of, um, you can deglaze a pan with your balsamic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another use of it. It's an expensive way to deglaze a pan, but... But, you know, if you're going to use that, yeah. like I tend to use when I deglaze, I then... Yeah, then you, that's part of the sauce. Yeah, it becomes yeah. part of the sauce. Mm-hmm. I have a lodge pan that's ready to be deglazed. Oh, there you go. We've been doing all kinds of stuff in that lodge I think you're pan. confusing deglazed with cleaning, like oiling. Oh, I know. You, know, you want to get the junk off the bottom. Uh, That's what deglazing yeah. does. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I always think of it as, as the, the cooking, cooking process. You think about it in the midst of the yeah. cooking, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you're maybe thinking like when the Boy Scouts reglaze their Equipment cast iron. Or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that too. Yeah. And then and then you'd start from scratch again. Once you got it deglazed out and all that stuff off, then you would uh, once again season that paint. Yes, exactly. Season it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could season it with olive oil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then think of your balsamic the same way you do some olive oil. People, I want it as a finishing. Well, you can use a balsamic as a finishing. Swirl it in a soup. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And you can braise your meat in it. I love it roasted with vegetables with olive mm-hmm. oil. And yeah, we used to always do our vegetables with an oil and a little bit of soy sauce and some seasonings. And then my husband was so proud because I came home one day and he says, I don't have to ask you how to season the vegetables anymore because I just use the Tuscan herb. Um, and then I'm like, and he says, a little salt and pepper. I'm like, well, then you can add in a little bit of Neapolitan herb and then you've got that kind of deeper flavor yeah. that it yeah. provides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you, you were talking about uh, doing it with meats. 
Um, one of my favorite things to do is take a, a nice ribeye steak mm-hmm. and marinate it in the black cherry balsamic yes. for like six hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's so in you to heaven. You're not getting a, that at a restaurant in Seattle. You're not. Or the espresso. That's the one that Larry and Gary always oh, recommended yeah. to oh, yeah. me, too. Yeah. Or the dark chocolate, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And then don't overlook serving it. We kind of alluded to this earlier on sweets. Like I've taken it with the olive oil cake and just add a few drops. And you can put a powdered sugar on a simple cake, oh, yeah. but you can also just add a few drops of balsamic. Or how about if we finish off this like fabulous barbecue season that we're entering, especially with this heat wave coming this weekend? What if you want to grill some pineapple mm. or peaches oh, yeah. on your Barbie? Yeah. And then put some balsamic on yeah. them. And what uh, kind of balsamic would you put onto your pineapple? Mm. Maybe like a lime? Yeah, you could do lime or you could go with a... I'm thinking I, darker. The, I think even the cherry, Tom, yeah. like, would be a good combination. What about the That's blueberry? why I have a liter of the black cherry here. How I think about the blueberry, too. Blueberry. How about lavender? Mm. Oh, that'd be good. Or yeah. lavender would be really nice on the peach. Mm-hmm. And this is something that Henry taught me when Henry was here. If you think of what grows together can be served together. So like oh, herbs to Provence okay. and lavender, yeah. those are all grown in the same region. They pair together well. Yeah. So we're thinking citrusy pineapple. So pineapple, mango. Coconut. Coconut. Oh, the coconut. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Coconut makes a fabulous shrub. This couple came in this last week, and they're serving shrubs at their wedding. So they're going to have a shrub bar, and they got like seven varieties of different shrub flavors, and their guests are going to have fun. And then for their wedding favors, they're giving them a little paired sample duo set. And and let's talk about that. That's so nice. Let's talk about that word fun, because this is one of the things that's really fun about, about the oils and the vinegars is... Doing a dinner and having a thread going through it, using the different infused Mm -hmm. oils and vinegars. When people come to our event in the Columbia River Gorge every summer, uh, every one of the meals that we make uses either oils and or vinegars uh, in the cooking. And, you know, a lot of people are like, you're going to do what? You're going to put vinegar on my ice cream? I'm like, yeah, you're going to love it, buddy. And take a mm-hmm. shot of vinegar and put it over the ice cream. And like, oh, my God, this is so good. Mm-hmm. So you're having fun, and now people are really enjoying it, and you're not just having some fun on your own at home, but you're having mm-hmm. fun with all the people that you're entertaining. Exactly. And I'm going to take you back a moment because what Debbie was talking about was these people not only are going to do the shrub bar, but they're doing the little – Three bottle packets as two bottle packets as gifts. Oh yeah! So, so gifts to the the guests or the yeah. rehearsal people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So because they're doing the shrubs, people already get an idea how to use it, and it's you know and it's really they're going to walk away with their share. own little set. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have a uh, event coming up, and I know we could we could go on and on about this, yeah. but, but we covered let's, a lot. Uh, <laughs> let's cover the. Uh, it's not a single event. It's. It, Mystery okay. picnic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the picnic. Okay. So the mystery picnics, uh, the idea started in this area a couple years ago. I was approached by a young gal who said, putting together this mystery picnic for a company called Amazing Co. that's out of Australia that just is focused on putting experiences together for people. So people purchase their mystery picnic through the Amazing Co. website, and then they are sent clues to put together their picnic, and they walk around the community, in this case Queen Anne, but it's also offered in Leavenworth and other cities around the world. 
and they solve the clues to figure out where to pick up the items for their picnic. Oh. And we're one of the stops. And once again, when they come, we give them options because it's all about the tasting and experience and the fun and the options. So we've paired three sets, a traditional set that's like a traditional oil and uh, our traditional balsamic, 18-year-age balsamic from Italy. And then we pair mushroom sage oil with a fig balsamic, Mm. which is really deep and rich. Mm. And then the fruits of Persia little set is our Persian lime paired with the honey ginger, which uh. is unique because a lot of people haven't tasted something like a Persian lime oil, nor have they tasted a honey ginger white balsamic. Mm-hmm. If anything, they're used to dark balsamics. So it's very fun for the for the people to do. And a lot of people are doing it when they're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary or having a gal friend day. Or yeah. You could do it as a team building for a oh, work totally, thing. Totally, totally, yeah. And you were talking about the pairing of the mushroom and... Mushroom, sage, olive oil with the fig balsamic. Yeah. Now, you know what you could do with that that would be mm. so tasty as a brown rice? Ooh, that'd be mm. very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did this at the Taste of uh, Queen Anne two years ago, our first one that we did, and we offered three options for the bread and the dipping. Oh, yeah. And it was a very popular combination. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. So when does this start and end? So the Mystery Picnic is available anytime online. Go to amazingco.me, I think, because it's an Australian company. Or just look up Mystery Picnic Queen Anne, and you'll find their site. And, like, we get five to seven on a Saturday, people coming through. Families do it. Friends do it. um, Couples do it. And then... Less during the week, like we had one today, we'll have one or two tomorrow, we'll have one or two on Friday, and then most of them are um, Saturday. They don't do it on Sunday. I won't give away some of the locations they go to because that would spoil the fun for people, but let's just say you're going to find some of the fun locations on Queen Anne in the process. What's the cost on that? You know, there's. I'm not 100% sure. It's been a while since I've looked at it, but there's a two-person cost, a four-person cost, Okay. and then they get all the items for their picnic as they go along. Yeah, yeah, with the ensuing heat wave, Connie and I were talking about something to do this oh, weekend. That that'd would be fun. Put us in air conditioned mode. So. <laughs> and speaking of that, if I could say yes, we will be we are in air conditioning at our store. Come and hang out for an hour and taste to your yeah. heart's content. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a great way to spend time. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming well, and joining us. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure as always. And uh we're always looking forward to going in and tasting what the latest stuff is at the store. You, you, aside from 35 balsamics, you have 35 or more olive oils, Exactly. Too. We have 70-plus yeah. options between so the it's two. A, it's a real flavor 30-plus salts and seasonings that you can taste. You're located up at 1629 Queen Anne Avenue North. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sweet 100. In Seattle. Sweet 100. That's on the bottom floor. And what's your new, new uh, tagline? My new tagline. Oh, we are also should be known as your foodie gift center. There you go. If you have a foodie in your life, we help you put together a customized gift. So many baskets and things you can do. Yes. And you have lots of other goodies in there, too. I think you have some cooking salts and some uh, spreads and jams and that sort of thing. Yes, we kind of built a lot around the charcuterie platter theme, gourmet food ingredients, a truffle corner, expanding our chocolate and sweet area. And then we've got the olive oil-based bath and beauty. And now we're going to be adding on some more merchandise, accoutrements, dishes, and, you know, olive 
serving things. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And if 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 any of our listeners are like some of their customers, uh, wherever you live, you'll probably just end up moving to Queen Anne, so you're always close by. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or you can order online, and we'll ship it to you. We also have our popcorn corn. I can't overlook oh, yeah. popcorn Don't, for the popcorn lovers that. like me. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, Connie and I have some tips and tricks. Hi, this is Ron, and I live in Walla Walla, Washington. One of my favorite restaurants is La Cocina de la Abuela, Grandma's Kitchen, where Manuel Perez and his 86-year-old mother make some of the best Mexican food you have ever tasted. Hi, this is Chef Jason Wilson, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. I was not the pretty girl then, all the boys at her feet. And everybody everywhere loved her. No one knew what went on Special thanks once again to Debbie Franz for coming in from Queen Anne Olive Oil she and always. sharing her her ideas with us on how to have fun with your olive oil and your balsamic vinegar. Ah, she always has good points to make. So uh, we got some tips and tricks. Connie, what do you got? I was thinking right now, everybody, I've seen this in a lot of different uh, media places and, and people are talking about now that you're starting to dine out again, here's what you should do and what to expect and what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, I kind of just decided my advice is ignore that. You know, some places want reservations only, some don't. If you want a specific time and location and it's important to you, you make sure you call and make the reservation. That's not different than it ever used to be. Um, or the restaurants are sometimes saying we will only take restaurants uh, reservations online. So just go to their website, figure it out before you ever... And in some cases, we found that the online reservation thing isn't working well, or it says they're full up and they're really not. Yeah. So call. So, yeah, you're gonna make a oh. phone call. And then in terms of what's appropriate or not, people are saying never stay more than an hour and a half, or don't, t- you know, they've got to turn those tables to make money. And that is true, but you know what? Some places, like I was mentioning earlier, they were happy to have a stay, and, and it was not a problem. So... Just check when you go in. Um, if it's a big deal to them, I think they will tell you. Um, I, I think after being locked down for a lot over the last 18 months, we'd feel more free. But instead, we're coming up with all kinds of new rules. And I don't want dining to become not fun because it's such a pain. Yeah. You know, if, if it's not fun, you won't go out and then the restaurants have a new problem. And you know so. the other opportunity that's still there is if they're if the restaurant's full up and they can't take you, can you order it to go and just mm-hmm. have a nice leisurely experience at home? Yeah. Or a lot of restaurants in neighborhoods are by other restaurants. And maybe it's your chance to say, "Well, we didn't get to go to what we really wanted to do tonight, but hey, let's go try this. We haven't been here." Yeah. Try a new place. Yeah. That's a good point. Hmm. All right. What's your what Well, are you I'm about? uh I've been really working on, I mentioned this earlier in the show, um, cutting down how much processed food I mm-hmm. eat. And uh, I'm trying to uh, to only do it once a day, which is really hard for me. 
Uh, that means I'm not eating at home three meals a day. I'm mm-hmm. out somewhere. Uh, but, you know, I found myself two or three times a day eating processed food. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really want to eat cleaner. And, uh, you know, this all kind of boils down to uh, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, uh, all the things that lead up to uh, heart disease. Mm -hmm. One in four people dies of some type of heart disease, whether it's a heart attack or a stroke or you name it. Uh, So... uh, uh, in in my quest to try to do this, one of the things I'm finding is doing that food prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I normally like to craft up recipes where it's just, you know, uh, serves two. Yeah. But when I'm doing something like chili, I'm specifically going to make it serve six to eight. In fact, I think what's over there in the multi-cooker right now is probably going to get me about ten meals out of it. <laughs> so uh, uh, just got to... Uh, uh, let's all eat cleaner so we live a little longer, a little more comfortably, and uh, that's that's my tip. That's an excellent tip. Well, and that tip says to me it is time to wrap up. Thanks for joining us on the July show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. All right. I want you to dine safe, dine out often, dine well at home often and we'll be back here in august sounds great thanks for listening to another edition of the seattle dining show this program is a copyrighted production of mixed media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner all right However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.